Dave's Podcast. Dave's Podcast. Dave's Hello, my name's David Terry, and in the following podcasts, I'm going to be talking about the various jobs and employments I've had in my life. It's a bit like the poor man's Forrest Gump. Although he said life's a box of chocolates, this is more like a packet of M&Ms. Before we start, I need to go through a little bit of my early life and my education to find out how I actually ended up where I did. I was born at a very early age, in number 61, Westwood Green in Cookham. Westwood Green had 96 houses with a large green in the middle, so it was quite unique. This was used by the local kids for playing football, cricket, climbing the trees and a large bonfire party in November. One of my earliest memories was around my fifth birthday. I was sat by the window waiting for my friends to come across the green. I'd been given a plastic harmonica and I was sat there playing it when suddenly I felt a trickling sensation on my chin. I'd actually worn away my lips and they were bleeding. Another very early memory that I have is uh, I used to go to a nursery school which is uh, still there in Cookham and I remember being there, there was a huge Dalek. Well, it seemed huge to me at the time. Obviously, I was very small. And I was getting frustrated that someone was inside it and I hadn't had a go inside. And I started kicking the outside of it. One of the teachers told me off and said I needed to go and see the headmistress. So I remember going down this long, dark corridor and knocking on her door. Anyway, she said to me, she said, uh, you wouldn't behave like that at home, would you? And I said, well, no, we haven't got a Dalek at home. When I was about five, we moved from there, only about a mile or so. And then I started going to Holy Trinity School. It was a lovely little junior school, and, uh, and as I say, still there today, with a marvellous headmaster called Tom Bedell, who uh, lived to a ripe old age of 100 and only died in the last few years. Um... I remember playing football there was my, my, one of my things and uh, we used to play matches against other schools and uh, one time we went to the school in High Wycombe and we got there and I was always left back. I was always left back behind the goal, you know, so I, I didn't often get on to actually play. Uh, and at this particular time they needed a linesman. So uh, I was designated to be the linesman. They didn't have any flags or anything, so my... Uh, Deputy Head then gave me uh, a handkerchief from his pocket, which I could see had huge boogies in it. So I held it by the tiniest corner that I could and ran up and down the line, trying not to wave it too much. I remember um, playing football in the schoolyard and uh, the ball went off the pitch and I went to retrieve the ball and uh, the ball had stopped by a concrete post. And as I bent down to pick the ball up, somebody came up behind me and kicked me up the backside. My head went into the post. Well, I didn't really know, picked the ball up. I turned round and all these kids started screaming and I could no longer see. And I'm not quite sure what was happening. Well, but what was happening was blood was pouring down my face, into my eyes, I couldn't see. And these kids were freaking out. 
uh, because of the sheer amount of blood. Well, it turned out I'd cut the top of my head. I ended up having to go to the local hospital and having four or five stitches in my head. I can remember these two ladies, old ladies, doing the stitching while I was lying there, you know, and they were nattering away. Oh, have you seen Coronation Street? And then go, and I remember them going, oh, I haven't done that face stitch very good. That's not a very good stitch. Like, And when I had these stitches out, I remember keeping them in a matchbox. I had these this four or five stitches for a long time in this, in this uh, matchbox. So Holy Trinity was a small country school and say we had a very friendly atmosphere to it. Uh, an example of this, I remember once we had to do a spelling bee. We had to all stand up and then as we spelt a word we could sit down. It came to my turn and I can remember its clearest day now. I had to spell the word hospital and I started off and everyone was rooting for me and when I completed the word everyone was cheering. So it was a really friendly atmosphere. But I didn't really know that this was all about to change and I was going to have the worst five years of my life. This was mainly due from a thing called the 11 plus. This was an exam that you took and if you passed it you went on to the grammar school and if you failed you went on to secondary modern. Uh, I was the last year to take the 11 plus. Unfortunately there was me and David Hale, the only two out of the 35 in our class, that failed. So suddenly I was told everyone else was going on to a different school and only me and him were going to first plat secondary modern. The other brilliant idea they had at this time was to raise the school leaving age. So we had a whole year that at one point thought they were leaving school and the next minute they were told they had to hang around for another year. So they did their best to try and become expelled. I remember one particular incident. We had a school assembly and someone started coughing and someone followed them and they were coughing as well. And eventually this whole uh, hall was full of people coughing. At the end of the assembly, the deputy head, who I can't remember his name, but I'm going to call him Mr Treacle, made us all stay behind. He opened up all the doors and windows bearing in mind this was a freezing cold November day, and made us stand there for an hour. Now you have to bear in mind this was the 70s. It was a completely different time. I remember doing cross country, and we were doing it over two weeks, and our PE teacher said, well, I want to see who's the best improver after the two weeks. So I thought, well, I'll take it easy the first week, and then really go for it the second week. So we ran round the course which involved going across a ploughed field which is now a housing estate and in the corner of the field was a Mark II white escort all steamed up with a little cracks of the window and smoke pouring out of it and that was my PE teachers. We had to run up, touch the bonnet and they crossed us off a list. Anyway my plan worked quite well because by the second week I really ran like mad and I was mentioned as one of the best improvers in cross-country. Being the 1970s, there was a lot of bullying and abuse, and that was mainly from the teachers. I remember we had a French teacher, and uh, I think it was David Hale, started burping, and he was everyone was giggling, and he kept doing this burping. 
Anyway, this teacher grabbed hold of him, took him downstairs, got a pint of salty water and made him drink it. And so he eventually threw up. Uh, it's to say, just different times. Another example of this was the woodwork teacher we had. He had a particular bit of rubber which was about a metre long and about half an inch thick. And uh, if you spoke out of line, he would then whack you with this. I only had it once, but it was like fire. So I survived the first two years at First Platt. What could possibly go wrong? Well, someone then discovered that the school had been built with substandard concrete. And the best way to rectify this would be to move one year out of the school to give the space to do the building. And it was decided that it should be my year. So we were moved to another school within Maidenhead, Grange School, which was in the process of closing down. So it was really run down, very Victorian, old desks and stepped classrooms. So in the playground you ended up with all purple blazers and all our blazers which were blue, halfway across the playground with this no man's land in the middle. This really didn't help my enjoyment of school. So at the end of the school year we returned to First Platt. I was now in the fourth year and this was a much better year. I was able to cycle to school I had a rally chopper which was handed down from my older brother. Uh, these now are, are collector's items and are quite an iconic bike but in practical terms they weren't very good. It had three gears on the front with sliding gears but that broke fairly quickly so I only had one gear and it was very heavy. If the wind blew it was kind of like cycling an armchair. Because of the design of the chopper, the tyres were the size of motorcycle tyres and quite often picked up punctures. So I would end the school day, come back to the cycle sheds and there would be a flat tyre. I would then have to push it round the local garage because the garage was the only place that could pump up these tyres. Uh, I would get them inflated, jump on the bike and cycle as far as I can before the tyre went down again, before I'd have to walk the near three miles home and then spend the evening repairing a puncture so I had my bike for the next day. You have to remember at this time the majority of people either walked or cycled to school. So the cycle sheds at First Platte were the size of two tennis courts. So if someone said oh I'm just off to have a fag behind the cycle sheds you could hide at least 30 or 40 people behind there. I'm sorry, that's a really heavy rain shower. I don't know if you're picking that up. But we'll carry on. I've just thought of another chopper story. Am I allowed to say chopper story? Yes, I think we are. We're in the 70s, aren't we? I remember the first person that actually got a new chopper bike was uh, Tim Sawyer uh, back in Westwood Green. So I cycled from my new house to Westwood Green to look at this bike there was a big group of, of kids there all having a go at this bike. When it came to my turn, I jumped on this bike, cycled 20 feet down the road and the front uh, handlebars twisted round and I fell off, bending the ape-shaped handlebars so they almost touched each other. 
So my dad had to pay for a whole brand new set of, of handlebars for this bike. My main hobby outside of school at this time was fishing. I used to go fishing all the spare time I had. And any money I had had, I spent on new bits of kit. I was also helping to run the First Platte Fishing Club. We would arrange to go fishing on a Sunday. This particular time, we arranged to go fishing on the River Thames in Maidenhead. So I cycled the three miles, loaded up my uh, chopper with uh, my rods and creel. It was November and absolutely freezing. When we got there, there was ice on the river. So we had to slide the float over this ice to actually get into the river. We persevered for a good couple of hours, but in the end it was so cold, I had to say that was enough. I cycled all the way home and it took me two hours to get any feeling in my hands and feet. I never had a Saturday job, but at this time I was earning money babysitting. It started when a neighbour came to my mum and asked if one of us wanted to do it. She was going to college on a Monday and needed a regular babysitter, so I started doing that. Uh, I used to earn like six or seven pound for this, uh, for this one evening, which was quite a lot of money for me at that time. She then recommended her to uh, another neighbour, and this neighbour recommended her to a friend of theirs. So I'd arranged to babysit with them. I had never met them before, and her husband picked me up and drove me a couple of miles to their house. When I got there, all the children were already in bed. She said, oh, don't worry, it'll be fine. And they went off for the night and left me in this strange house. Well, after it settled down, I could hear this funny moaning noise upstairs. And I thought, I don't know what that is. I went upstairs and looked in. There was three bedrooms and I could hear this moaning noise from one of the bedrooms. Anyway, I came back down again. And then one of the girls, uh, one of the small girls, followed me downstairs. I said, oh, you know, I'm your babysitter. You know, what's uh, your brother's making a funny noise? And uh, she said, oh, don't worry, he always does that. Well, I uh, maybe got a, a glass of milk and she went back off to bed. But then I started watching telly. I looked on the telly and there was a photograph of the four children on the telly. And when I looked closely, I could see they all had hearing aids. They were obviously all profoundly deaf. And the noise he was making was like uh, how a sort of deaf person uh, talks. I can't believe that they thought it was a good idea not to tell me that all the children were deaf. Well, I never went back there again. By this time, First Platte was changing. It was in transition. So as the new pupils came in and moved up the school, the school actually got better and better. So I had to choose my options. I'd only ever done uh, biology that never offered me any other sciences. So I remember having two half-hour lessons, one of chemistry and one of physics, to see if we wanted to choose them. Well, that was never going to happen. So careers day came round and they asked me what I wanted to do. And I said fish. So they looked up fishery management and they found a course at Hampshire School of Agriculture. I remember going there for an open day. 
but to get on the course, you needed to have a year's experience working in the field. Working in the field? Surely that should be working in the river. So I wrote to all these employers, but none of them offered me a job. So it became a dead end. But as you'll hear later in my story, fish has a big place in my life. Place! <laughs> See what I did there? I also remember at this time going with a group of my friends to Windsor. We caught the bus and arrived there. We were taking an exam for an apprenticeship. It was like a basic English and maths exam. On the way, they asked me, they said, um, we're going to be electricians, Dave. What are you going to be? Well, I, as always, wanted to stick in with the group. I said, oh, yes, yes, I'll, I'm going to be an electrician too. Anyway, we took the exam and we passed. And uh, they said, well, unfortunately, we haven't got any electrician places left, but we do have some plumber places left. Oh, no, oh, no. We said, well, we're going to be electricians. Looking back at the age I am now, I think, why didn't I do that? It was four or five years and I would always have had that skill to tap into. Tap into, plumber, see? So eventually we went on study leave and we started taking exams. I ended up taking about four or five O levels. I took my last exam, cycled home and that was it. There was no big ceremony, no uh, prom or anything in those days. That was it. I settled back, assuming I'd have six weeks summer holiday like I'd always had. But my dad had different ideas. This was a Just the Ticket production. <laughs>